0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network. Proudly presented by M Prize Bank, your partner, Impossible. Coming up. The latest episode of 21 Questions. A Q&A style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. And it's presented by Macadoodles, Your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits. Now in Kansas City. The latest episode of 21 Questions begins now
2: what's up everybody welcome to 21 questions i am craig stout with me is my good pal maddie lane we are here to answer your questions cold from the kcsn discord if you are not a member of the kcsn discord and you're listening to this go to kcsn.substack.com sign up for kcsn daily it is 30 dollars a year or five dollars a month obviously the yearly rate way better deal for you you're going to get film breakdowns you're going to get all sorts of stuff during the season that you don't get if you don't pay and one of those things is the kcsn discord it is an awesome place to hang out share opinions about the chiefs and lots of other things and get to ask questions for this maddie my friend how excited are you to answer the people's questions on this fine evening
3: you know, um, first of all, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, not a member of the Discord, you got to fix that. You know, you have to go in there, you to get that got subscription, you. going. into KCSN, in, even if it's just for the Discord, it, it's 100% worth it um Next, yeah, I'm excited. I like 21 questions. You know, some week it's hit or miss. You know, like I I like it when you guys ask non-football questions. So hopefully we have a grab bag of non-football questions. We'll happily answer football ones too, of course. But I like having the -the off-the-wall questions. So I hope we I hope we have a grip of those, Craig.
2: Yes, we do. But we're gonna start with a football one from our pal No Chicken tonight. Looking back in a year. Who's the better pickup from the Giants? Highly explosive Kadarius yeah. Tony, who may not get to play a ton because of injuries, or highly reliable Richie James? Maddie, I'll just let you take this away.
3: Well, how reliable is Richie James? Because it's kind of been I, one season of reliability, and even analytics emphasize- love him, man. Yeah. <laughs> Even then the sample size was really low, the yards per like reception were pretty low. The usage was very specific. So, like, I don't know if I'm ready to call Richie James highly reliable. I think it was an offensive system that did a lot of good play action stuff, got a lot of stuff on the move, and whoever was playing in the slot running a shallow cross was going to get a lot of targets. And that was Richie James for them. So we'll see what he relays to relates to. So I will say Kadarius Tony. I mean, one. Kadarius tony has already played a part in winning the super bowl so it's going to be a little hard for richie james to jump over that um so yeah i'll just play the safe route and go with Kadarius tony's upside and then the fact that he's kind of already mattered a little bit
2: yeah it's Kadarius for me as well even the stuff that we saw in a limited sample size on the field is more than i'm expecting for richie james year one now you know punt returns and things like that richie james could end up being more than just like a role filler at wide receiver. I can see how he can make more of an impact than maybe we're projecting as a special teamer. But realistically, I think Kadarius Tony continues to grow grow in his role in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and that's going to be really hard for Richie James to keep up with. So it's Kadarius Tony for me. Mike Denny asks, who is more likely to be on the roster week one? Melvin Ingram. Or Carlos Dunlap. I'm going Dunlap. Um, the length checks all the boxes for you know Steve Spagnolo. Melvin Ingram was an impactful player for this defense, is definitely a guy that could show up, still contribute in the defensive end room, but I don't see Melvin Ingram as the guy that they feel like maybe they need. Whereas I can see a guy like Carlos Dunlap plays the run exceptionally well is going to be a big veteran presence that has largely stuck around on teams. I know he's been moved around a little bit, but is going to offer that veteran presence to advance the rookies along a little bit more. Carlos Dunlap makes more sense with the types of guys that they have for me. So I'm going to go with him and besides Joe Cullen loved Carlos. So give me Carlos. I
3: I think it's Dunlap pretty, pretty clearly. Um, You know, it's, Here more recently i think he is a better stylistic fit for what steve spagnolo's done i guess you could maybe Mm -hmm. make a case that you know um that they could be shifting a little bit and ingram maybe make some more sense for what they might might be transitioning to but i don't know if i'm ready to go that far i think they like i think colin like dunlap i think spags like dunlap uh he makes the most sense just being here last year
2: christian G, that's our guy, Christian Gumminger. This this one's a good one. What advice would you give Kent and Tucker on the beer cart? For those, Ooh. the uninitiated here. Last year's KCSN golf Tournament, which was a rousing success, and it, this year's is setting up to be even better. The beer cart was driven by the two individuals on this podcast right here. It's true. I mean... I, it, it's it's gonna. I mean, we we've already kind of joked with Kent that it's gonna be big shoes for him to fill, literally, because he's got smaller feet than both Maddie and I. Um, so <laughs> and Tucker, buddy, um, <laughs> he he is what he is. So
3: Tucker can't reach the steering wheel, so
2: <laughs> he can't, they so can't rotate drivers. Yeah, you know what? I've That's seen probably Kent drive a go kart type item. I know. I know I I have as well. It's still probably a good idea based on the number of people that are going to try and buy seltzers and beers for Tucker throughout the day, being individuals that drove the beer cart, the number of beers that were bought for us last year, Maddie, it was a lot. Yeah. And we're not even like, we're not even known as the guys that are like going to sit down and chug beers and do that. Maddie did. Matty shotguns a kind of beer.
3: Coaxed into it, Craig may have had to be the de facto driver for us. <laughs> um, I mean, like, yeah. Here's the advice for you: you know, like, it, it's a fun time. Have fun with it. You know, you don't know, gotta be a stickler. People are, everybody there is a very, very nice person. Talk to yep. them. Spend some time with them. You know, if they want a beer, get a beer. If they offer to buy you one, never say no. Always say yes. <laughs> have a good time with it you know maybe late at the end you know tucker gets up there and takes a hack at a golf ball with a a club like craig maybe kent's getting stretched out there at the exit like i was last year who knows what's gonna happen but have a good time with it just have fun
2: the people um, and make sure this is this is real advice here not that tucker will listen um move on quick early in the early going there i think it took maddie and i a little while to kind Ah. of get in the hang of like we you know, we're, we're, we're helping put on this golf tournament. And so we wanted to kind of sit and just be like, Hey, how's it going? Everybody, you know, and you run into Kendrick West. You want to sit and talk to the guy for a little while. Like he's a very engaging individual to interact with. So like, I I know that at least the first time around we were a little bit slower. We were being a little bit more like, Hey, how's everybody
3: going? It, did, it took us a while to get back to people. And they were looking for us yeah. sp- to go backwards don't go, go one to 18, go 18 mm-hmm. to one. That's the yeah. move. That's yeah. That's the move.
2: Yeah. And I, I think we all figured that out last year. Christian, Christian's on top of that. He, he knows. So, but yeah, that's, that's the real advice right there. Um, Let's see here. I, Derek in the mountain says need to know what Craig's favorite thing about Colorado is so far, everything, other than the fact that I have to listen to Broncos talk all the time, but they're not optimistic, so it's kind of sweet right now. Uh, Joel Pinfield says, What type of play will Sky, Rasheed Rice, and Tony score their first touchdowns of the season? Ooh. Okay, Maddie, you pick who you want to talk about. I'll pick who I want to talk about, then we'll circle back to the third one.
3: Uh, okay. Sky Moore is definitely catching his first touchdown on a crossing route that he catches it like the 12-yard line and ends up running in. Not necessarily a broken tackle, but like breaking the angle or breaking like a leg tackle on this crossing route um as he comes across. On I don't even want to say mesh. It might even be a deeper cross. It might be one mm-hmm. of their deep cross concepts, but it's just he's going to catch it on some kind of crossing play across middle of the field, catch and run in from about the 12.
2: In breaking intermediate route for Sky Moore. That's that's what yeah. you're calling. It, it might
3: even be shallow. Honestly, it might be shallow. It's short. It's okay. gonna be short to intermediate. It could be like mesh, and he just squeaks across. He's catching the ball to twelve though, and he's running it in afterwards. That's all I
2: got. Uh, Kadarius Tony's catching it on like a pivot route in in the red zone oh. again. Okay. like I you were just you know, yeah. I, I I thought about screen, but it, it's happening on like a pivot route or something like that. He's gonna be coming back towards the line of scrimmage. Kick back out. It's, it's going to be easy for him. Like, it's going to be one of those that he's going to be wide open and catch kind of like Corndog, but you know, not exactly like Corndog. It, it's going to be something like that. What do we think for Rasheed Rice? Like, I feel like we left the easy one there, like contested catch. Like, it's going to be oh. like a fade from the five or something like that for me. What, what do you think?
3: Screenplay. I think they hit him with the screen and he think he actively Ooh. breaks a tackler two and scores. Yeah. Or uh, okay. It's That's one fair. of those like, two yard line plays where the chiefs run that like weird screen where he like gets going like at the snap kind of thing. Like I think it's going to be a screen play. He's getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage and he's going to have to make a run. I don't think it'll be the one yard variety. Cause like, why would he be out there? I think they right. hit him with the screen play and that's what he scores on.
2: Like, like the Josh Gordon play a little bit. Is yeah. that what you're thinking? Yeah. 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 So like, okay. here's
3: the thing. Okay. I still think there's a chance that chiefs get Deandre Hopkins. And if they get Deandre Hopkins, I don't know if Rashid Rice gets a touchdown. Right. Uh, if they don't get DeAndre Hopkins, though, and especially considering, you know, Kadarius Tony's injury history, someone has to be the guy getting some of these creative yard situate things. And Rasheed Rice is not the same level of dynamic athlete, but he runs with the football on his hands really well. So you start seeing some of these little RPO bubble screens, or you start calling up actual screenplays. He's a guy I could see getting some, and maybe he takes one from the 10 yard line and breaks a tackle and puts it into the end zone.
2: Yeah, I definitely can. I think he's going to be a red zone threat. I really do. Again, yeah, like DeAndre Hopkins changes the math on that a little bit. But, you know, if he's not there, like, who are the guys, like, a go up and get it type guy in the red zone? Like, they tried that with NDS and Juju last year. And I would argue that Rasheed Rice is a better contested catch guy than either one of them, Even, even now. There's a lot of deficiencies in his game, but he does that really well. So, like, uh, you know, they're trying that with those sorts of guys. Why not try it? the guy that's better at it? I, I don't know. I could see yeah, a back oh,
3: shoulder. Shit. I could definitely see a back shoulder. They've mm-hmm. started to throw a couple back shoulders into the end zone, the back pile, and they do a lot to Kelsey from there. So, I could see them trying. I could see the, the, them trying that with Rice.
2: Yeah, I can too. All right. Positive and toasty. I like this one. We're going to throw it to Maddie first here. What's your favorite sport to play and your favorite sport to watch? And he put in parentheses, oh. besides football sure
3: I mean like I, okay th- my definition of sport is you have of to have two opposing, answer, you have to have two opposing team two or more opposing teams that can physically stop the other person from doing what they're trying to do right mm-hmm. so sorry guys golf ain't a sport because I can't physically stop you from doing anything it's an activity you're doing an activity that's fine hang on
2: hang on it's hang an on.
3: awesome activity.
2: I've got a new addendum to the beer cart. Actively try and stop people.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'm in. Oh, man, you give me like a little Nerf gun or something, and i just going <laughs> to bop them in the hand. <laughs> okay, so anyway, that's how I go with the sport. And for that, I mean, like, I, it's going to be basketball to play. Um, I like to play basketball. And then to watch it... Playoff basketball, I like, um, but I, I'm gonna go with like MMA. Like, I do like to watch UFC on the weekends, I watch a lot of the events and stuff. It's something I don't have to pay a ton of attention to if I don't want to, I can just kind of put it on and then stop by and watch a fight as it's happening. So, I spend a fair amount of time of watching some mixed martial arts. Um, but yeah, basketball to play, MMA to watch. I think
2: I, uh, I don't have the same restrictions on my definition of sport as Maddie, so I'm going sure. with bowling. Uh, for my favorite sport to I play, I should also
3: be allowed to physically stop you. But yeah, yeah, well, I mean that's fine. Point. Listen,
2: I'll play full contact bowling. Um, I, the bumpers are. That's <laughs> <laughs> that, it's something that I've done more recently. It's a lot easier. I am an older individual. I, I don't have the gusto to go out there and you know sprint around a field for ninety minutes anymore. So. I bowling is the one that I prefer to play at this point. Plus it's easy to drink beer during bowling and it doesn't really affect your game in the same way that other things do Uh favorite sports to watch. Uh, I grew up playing soccer forever. I've um, been a fan of soccer forever, massive, you know, sporting Casey, Casey wizards fan used to go to their games in arrowhead when there were, you know, 6,000 of us in the stadium. And it was, Awesome, it was a really good time. Love, love, love watching soccer and F1. And I realized that both of those things are trendy things to watch. I hate it that everybody is on board with these things that I love when I was ridiculed for liking them for so damn long, and now everybody's like, Yeah, those are the things I love to watch. Like, well, mainstream Craig, mainstream Craig. Speaking of mainstream. We're going to pay some bills with some mainstream sponsors. We will be back right after this.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Like, share, subscribe, drink, give a five-star review. Do all of the things that, you know, everybody always tells you to do. We appreciate it. helps us so all very right, much. This and week for the five-star the reviews, Ooh, yes, if you leave them,
3: it. leave your five-star review. Um, you can say bad things, too, if you want to. That's fine. As long as you have the five-star review. But also answer this question. Which... Sport or activity, do you think that Craig, myself, and Kent are secretly good at? You tell us what you think we are good at in your five-star reviews. Five stars, tell us what, you know, Kent, myself, or Craig, or all three of us, what activity or sport you think that we would be secretly good at.
2: Keep in mind, I will break in half doing anything remotely athletic. So just, just keep that in mind. But I love... All
3: I got to say is, like, if you do the big ski jump, you only need one shot. Break it half or not, you only need one chance.
2: That's true. That's true. (laughs) Just takes one decent one, right? Cool. Isn't the very definition of being good at something not breaking in half when you complete it? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. As Derek Rose. That's that's fine. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Late in y44 asks what's your biggest pet peeve when hearing other people talk about sports for example mine is when people use rings to justify goat status maddie what do you do you have one that jumps out
3: uh no um i'm trying to think I, okay i i struggle to listen to a lot of sp- like mainstream sports content because so much of it's just about getting off hot takes so i just kind of usually don't um, I find it extremely annoying, like in season for the NFL, it's kind of okay because you're also getting news updates on stuff that you maybe didn't get to see or didn't get to look into, but especially in the off season of sports, I, I don't need the hot takes just to get hot takes off. So like ESPN, NFL network, any of those shows just do nothing for me. Cause like you're creating narratives to argue about just kind of to create narratives that just does it. it's a, it's a big pet peeve of mine. It means I don't watch any of them. So like, it's kind of like all mainstream media is the pet peeve.
2: Yeah, um gosh, this is this is gonna be really football nerdy. Um simplifying coverages down to like the most basic thing. I, I get that you know it happens like you can't like get super involved in coverages, they're hard to define. That's why people don't like to, but insisting that you know, certain defensive coordinators or things like that are so locked in that they're only doing one thing I think is the one that really gets me, like at times. Like I, I know that we we've talked about how Steve Spagnuolo played a ton of static cover two last year, which was out of the norm for him, certainly. But that got translated sometimes when I'm having conversations with people or when we're following up. It's like, well, you said that they only played cover two. No, no, no. I said they played a lot of cover two. It, it, it's very easy to simplify things down to they only do X. They only do Y and they only do Z. And it happens with coverage the most because it is so complex, you know, to try and sort all of that stuff out. So from that perspective, listening to people talk about coverages and not trying, it's it, it, fine being vague, you know, it, it, they play a lot of cover three. They play a lot of cover two. They play these types of match coverages. I'm fine with that. It's when it's definitive where, you know, well, a team that only plays this type of cover two, a team that only plays man coverage, a team that only nobody plays only one singular type of coverage nobody runs only one singular type of thing so it becomes very reductive and all of that and so it gets people kind of into a mindset where well here's the easy way to beat it just run cover two beaters all day and it's done it's like no they're gonna shift it's gonna change it's not as simple as just lining up and being like i know what they're gonna be in all the time because any defensive coordinator that did that would get run out of the league after about four games and giving up, you know, 300 points. So that's, that's one of those. that just kind of gives my goat a little. I got here. one more. Okay. Go for it.
3: PFF. I think that's self-explanatory. We can move okay. on. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we don't, we don't need to dwell on Maddie and PFF here. All right. Casey from Casey asks, will this defense will be, will they be better? And how do you predict they will play throughout the season? I, you know, I will say this. I think that last year's defense was maybe viewed in a light that they weren't good, or they you know they they fell below Steve Spagnolo's normal standards, which you can look at a lot of different metrics and see how that's all going. With what he was given and the types of players that he was given, I think he did an exceptional job. Like I, I think they performed above expectations there. I do think that they're going to be significantly better this year because it's a lot of the same guys. They're adding a lot. The the places that they're adding things are on the pass rush, on the defensive line with a lot of young players, high potential, high chance of being like game breaker, quote unquote, type players. So from that regard, I do think that this defense will be better this year. And I think they're going to be better from the start too. Like, I don't think it's going to be a ramp up period. I think they're going to start pretty hot and maybe grow into the role a little bit more.
3: Yeah. I, I think they'll hit the ground running a little bit uh, faster. I, I don't, we'll see by the end of the year, I have no reason to think they will be worse than last year. Um, like obviously if Charles O'Minahue isn't what we think and the rookie DBs have a sophomore slump than maybe. So like, that's why I can't answer the end of the year, but I feel like they should be more cohesive to start the year. I think Trent McDuffie has been gone. People appreciate how good he was beyond Chiefs fans, but I think it's been undersold how good he was because you also dealt with two rookie cornerbacks who had just absolutely statistically seller years whereas McDuffie didn't put up the same stats but was probably equally as good. I think having him all year if he's not injured this year helps. So I think they'll be better to start the year. They should be better by the end of the year, but we've kind of got to see how everybody kind of gels together and develops going forward. But like, there's no reason they won't be worse.
2: All right, Steve Gray asks, what is your favorite and least favorite offseason move so far? Maddie, I'll let you start this one.
3: Oh gosh, I wasn't prepared for this. You know I don't prepare for these things. Okay, signing Charles O'Minihue, I think is my favorite because I think it, it, he's kind of on the cusp of being a breakout guy. I think when I went back and watched him, there's just a lot there. There's so much there for what he can do, what he can be, the potential that is there. He's understanding how to rush with his athletic profile, with his moveset, and kind of everyone that goes to San Francisco learns there then leaves is still really good if not getting better. I trust Joe Cohen, so he's my top pick. Who's your?
2: Who, what's your favorite move? My favorite move this offseason, man. Yeah, um, I think, even in retrospect here, I, I, I think it's going to be uh, Felix Anaduke Uzama just because I think that ceiling is so, so high. I know that like there, there's there's room to grow. I don't know that it's going to be a year one contribution here. I just get it. I see where it can go. And projecting it into the future there and saying, hey, this guy has the chance to truly be a DE1-style player, which is what we've been clamoring for. Again, if he hits a ceiling, and that's hard to do, but I I think if he hits that ceiling, DE1, I, from that regard, maybe not in the moment, maybe not even when we were rewatching some of the stuff, the more I think back on it, the more runway that I see that they would got in this defensive end room, I think it's Felix and Hiduki Ozama.
3: Okay, I get that. I, I almost put Rashi Rice for just his ability in the weight room down, but yeah. I don't know if that counts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my <laughs> least favorite move? Okay, it's not a specific player. It's the entire situation of how they've handled left tackle. Um, Getting Jawan Taylor and then selling us on the idea that he might play left tackle, and I think even if you – reading between the lines, they thought he was going to play left tackle or at least have a chance to then they end up signing Donovan Smith and that somehow was enough to stop him from even getting a chance to play left tackle when they start to go through minicamp. Yes, I understand. There's not, it's not completely closed yet, but it's pretty close. And so just the way they've handled that situation is confusing to me. I think if Donovan Smith reverts back to his 2018, 2019, 2020, 2017 form, you're not getting a good left tackle. You're getting an average left tackle at best for a quarterback who in some ways makes it difficult for his offensive tackle. So I just, I don't know. I just don't like how they've handled the left tackle situation. I think they should have given Jawan Taylor a little bit more of a fair shake. They should have, you know, maybe gone with getting some more competition for the right tackle spot, not just the left tackle spot. So that way they could have a little bit more flexibility. We'll see what training camp brings. Maybe Jawan Taylor does move over and this is silly, but like right now it seems kind of pigeonholed to a rookie who hasn't played left tackles in like two years And Donovan Smith, and I just don't know if I feel great about that.
2: Yeah, and as much as I want to put like Donovan Smith as my least favorite move, like I can't because at the very worst case, he's left tackle depth, and like I,
1: yeah,
2: and I I like that. Like I really like that move. I don't love him being the starter, but. Like they're giving, I think they're giving Wanya Morris a chance to compete a little bit. We'll see how it actually works out here. So I can't, I can't say that that's my least favorite move. So I, you know, I I don't know that I have maybe letting a Frank Clark. G- go for what he did. I, they certainly weren't going to pay what the Denver Broncos paid Frank Clark there. I just think the off field stuff in a year that you are pivoting and trying to at trying to really get young at the defensive end room. I, I think this might've been the most important year, arguably, you know, because they have so many young guys in the room there, what he did and what he helped with, with George Karloftis, Mike Dana, these guys, is so, I I know we state it all the time, but it's generally understated. So from that standpoint, it's hard to look at that move and say, man, they let Frank go. I know all the reasons why, and I don't disagree with any of them, and I'm not even saying that they should have paid it, but that was my least favorite because I think that what he adds to the room is worth more than the on-field production and the sort of stuff that they are going to get from anybody else in that perspective. So,
1: yeah. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: All right, next question is coming from Snetra Nora. It's a very difficult one for me. I'm sorry. I was just uh, waiting
3: for you to pronounce that.
2: Listen, I, I got close, right? Like, correct me in 21 questions in that channel. It's not All right. Any chance we see Leo Chanel Moore as a pass rusher going forward seems to be way underutilized. I know this one comes up a lot uh, with, as far as Leo and everything like that. I get it. Like, miss, dude's bursty. Like, I, I totally understand why people see him and the way that he blitzes the kind of heavy hands that he has. I understand the desire for that. Problem is you line him up as a pass rusher, not in the base, like which is what people are thinking of when they're seeing this. They're thinking, oh, yeah, you get into the dime, use, use Leo Moore as a designated pass rusher. You got him coming off of the edge. It's going to lack some you know, some pass rush moves. He's going to lack some of the ability to do some of the things that even these young guys, even a B.J. Thompson or a Felix Anadouki-Ozama are doing. You want to tell me that you're going to line him up over the A-gap? and will he won't he in like a three down look with him you know standing and floating around i am on board with that steve Spagnolo does that like that's something that he did with reggie ragland it's something that he's done with willie gay and he's done it a little bit with leo chanel yes that's fine but you're talking about maybe 11 snaps a year like it's not something that's going to be significant he uses it against certain quarterbacks, specifically mobile ones that he, that Leo, Willie, Reggie, whoever it would be, would have a chance to corral and bring him down. Dorian O'Daniel. Don't want to forget him as well. I've got cheese fans screaming at their radios right now because that's what he did, but lining him up on the edge and saying, okay, go win, go beat this offensive tackle. It's just going to lack some of the nuance necessary in order to do that sort of stuff.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say too many negative things about Leo Chanel here, but he's not a pass rusher like that. He's not Micah Parsons. Uh, The shorter arms, a boxier build, not, I understand the three cone time was good, but like watch him run. He's not the most flexible guy. He's not the most fluid guy. It's just not his game. His game is not lining up on the edge and winning as a pure pass rusher like that. He's a very good blitzer. He's very good being able to run in a straight line, through a half of a blocker right through the uh, a shoulder of a guard through the shoulder of a center he's not really working up the edge or beating across the face of an offensive lineman that's just not his game I think he's a good blitz threat I don't think he's a true pass rusher and I don't think we'll see that much more of him as I don't think you'll see him blitz that much more than he did last year uh, to be uh, to be frank uh, percentage wise
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. And he's effective as a blitzer. Let him be effective in that role. Let let him do his thing. Like it's fine. It it doesn't need to be ramped up because they got plenty of other guys that can also blitz really, really well. All right, Gooby35. If you could time travel to one sports moment in history and be on the field/slash court to witness it, what moment would it be? I am going to clarify here because somebody, Mike Denny asks, is this backwards only? And Grooby said, I'm leaving it open for Matty esque interpretation. I am not. It is backwards only. You can't, what? You can't go forward Blasphemy. to witness the 10th straight Super Bowl. That I know exactly it's where you are. That's not would go what I
3: it. was doing. I was going forward to witness Patrick Mahomes' final game where he throws the touchdown pass, and then I was going to make sure I got the football. I'd give it <laughs> back. If so you Insert it I yourself, it, I would give it back and then they would compensate me greatly because they would be appreciative, but I would be at that final game, and I would get the football.
2: I mean, I understand that you would you would be so kind as to give Travis the football back after he scored that touchdown at of age course. 56. However, but...
3: I, <laughs> Mahomes got like at least a decade after Travis.
2: No, that's what I'm saying. Travis is just gonna keep playing. He's never, he's never <laughs> quitting, buddy. <laughs> Ever. The man's just gonna keep playing. He's gonna have a walker and, and he's still gonna be doing the, the little dream shake out in the open field, making linebackers miss. Um, one sports moment in history, be on the field court to witness it. Um man, this one's tough. I got I got a few of them uh trying to narrow it down maddie do you have one that just immediately jumps to mind i do
3: and it's okay go for it even football or chiefs related i would be at game seven of the Cavs warriors finals where the Cavs came back down from 3-1 this is a game that was close the entire time you're watching lebron you're watching steph you're going back and forth you have Two guys vying to be on some people's, you know, somewhere on their greatest of all time top tens. You have a 3 1 series lead potentially being blown. You have guys playing at the top of their game. I think getting to be, you know, courtside for that would be an absolutely wild experience. Um, if I'm, you know, limited to just the past and not the future, then that's, I think that's where I'm going.
2: I'm gonna go. October sixteenth, two thousand four. Um, God, I was barely born. You <laughs> sure you were, buddy? Um, being on the in the stadium, uh, it doesn't even have to be on the field. It can be in the stadium because it was at home. Um, Arsenal completes the invincibles run. Played, it went an entire season without losing a game. Um, an incredible feat. Like it, it just doesn't happen. You know, you play. Forty-nine matches and you don't lose in the season. Just an absolute top-notch performance. the 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 two thousand four Invincibles team. You know, I, I love soccer before then, but like that was that was the one that took me. I was kind of an Arsenal fan as well, and that was the one that kind of took the fandom like up up super super duper high there. So that, that that's a fun one for me. All right. Uh Grayson asks, who leads the team in interceptions, Maddie? Watts Island, baby. Ooh, you think so? You think it's gonna be Watson? I mean, I think it's a playmaker. I think I, he's it. I
3: think yeah. it's a playmaker. I love Trent McDuffie. I think Trent McDuffie's an excellent corner. I don't know if I'd classify him as a playmaker. Um I don't know if I'd classify Brian Cook or Justin Reed as playmakers. Don't I don't get me wrong. They've those guys have produced interceptions and turnovers throughout their career, but I don't know if I would. Classify them as playmakers. Joshua Williams, I don't know if I classify him as a playmaker. Jalen Watson, playmaker, 100% playmaker.
2: Yeah, he is. I, I, realistically, and you know what? Here's the funny thing. If Drew Tranquil wasn't on this roster, I might say Willie Gay. I know we kind of went through this last year. I believe you even predicted Willie Gay. He did. Gay
3: yes, that was last my pick. Year.
2: Yeah. And he, listen, he got damn close. Like there, there was a lot of. He dropped into a lot of zones. He dropped into a lot of throwing lanes and interrupted a lot of passes there. I, I could see that being the case, but with Drew Tranquil out there, I think that there's going to be a lot more dime reps lost and maybe even some sub-package reps lost. So I, I, it remains to be seen how the linebacker is going to shake out. I'm going to go Justin Reed just to be different than you. Um, I, I do think that his grasp of the offense and – the general secondary's grasp of the (laughs) offense the defense and the general secondary's grasp of the defense is going to change the way they play a little bit more and we know that steve spagnolo likes to use that safety position to try and drop and insert and take away throwing lanes and kind of catch quarterbacks off guard he's been very good at it it's not just tyron matthew he did it with landon collins as well I can see Justin Reed slotting into that role as well and being a guy that intercepts a lot of passes and disrupts a lot of stuff in the throwing lane. So I, I could see that. So, all right. Uh, ever thus to dead beats says favorite petty Mahomes trash talk. I mean, I can, I need you a list. First, like, right. I, need, like, need, a I need a
3: collage of these. Oh, um, man. And, like, it sucks because it's recency bias, but, like, I don't know, the L with the two rings is pretty nice. uh,
2: The two rings is it, man. Like, because, like...
3: uh, I Okay, uh, counting
2: to ten is pretty uh, sick, though. It's pretty sick, yes, but we're (laughs) now... On the field! I know, I know. We're now in phase two, and I think that matters a lot because... A lot of these quarterbacks, when they graduate into phase two, it's, okay, so when are you you in the next one? When you finding the success if you haven't had the first one? When are you translating into that? So getting that second ring has cemented him. Like, it's over. You can't argue with it anymore, which makes Jamar Chase saying, Pat, who, which, again, sticking up for your quarterback, I understand it. Listen, if we were Bengals fans... And one of our wide receivers said that we'd be like, "Yeah, that's right. He loves his quarterback, and that's the end of it. That's where it would be." However, when you get to that level, you need to find every little inkling of competitive advantage and trying to make sure that you keep that going. Jordan did this all the time. Go watch the last dance. Him burying Plumbers who who I talked a little Mahomes bit of trash. Just this I hope much.
3: Homes isn't Jordan.
2: I know, I know. But like that competitive drive, creating that narrative, that's what I'm talking about there. And coming out, putting both rings on and saying, that's who. Tweeting that out. When we see Bobby Stroop tweet stuff and we go, oh, I wonder if that's how Pat, Pat must be angry. Pat must be doing all of that. And then, you know, you don't really hear anything or something like that. Bobby tweeting out, thank you. After Jamar Chase posts that. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens for it." And almost immediately tweeting out, that's who. Super petty. Love it. That's my quarterback. And that's the one. Like, like man, if you can't give the man props after winning two and having the start to his career that he's had, it's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, does even it- Joe Burrow that does not like Pat. Like, I mean, let's be clear here. That oh, man does God. not. Does not like him. Is still sitting here going, yeah, man. Like that—that's the best quarterback right now. Like he is. He just is until I take it from him. Which that's okay,
3: so fine. I don't know if this is—I don't know if this is petty, but this might be my favorite thing Mahomes has ever done. Like non-football play-related, the, the the throw against Tampa Bay this past season and mm. the thing, and then just the casual walk-off and telling them that I'm like that. Might Mm -hmm. be my, I mean, I tweeted that. It's the single coldest, most disrespectful thing I have ever seen. And if he, if he in any way, shape or form meant that as disrespect, then I think it definitely counts as petty Yeah. And then that's the number one for me. It was the most casual. I'm like that. This is just a normal everyday walk in the park, you know, normal Sunday for me at the office kind of feeling Everything about it was perfect. If that was on purpose, if he purposely said that because he's like, Nope, this is just what I do. You guys pissed me off after all your trash talk. I'm looking at you, Devin White, after your Super Bowl. Then, okay, that's the answer. There's, I, I will accept nothing else. The rings are great, but I would accept nothing else. And if that was on purpose to make them feel bad, because that was just one of the single best things I have ever seen a football player ever do.
2: I will say this. It's not just Pat, Patrick. Sorry, it's not just Patrick. Uh, favorite petty Andy Reid moments. <laughs> Listen, the ring around the rosy that they clearly were just. Oh no, it, it's it's it it is what it is. Directly towards the Raiders who circled Arrowhead like that's super fun and petty. And another one that we know of and that we've heard tale of. Is Andy Reed running spider to Y banana against John Gruden just to troll his ass? Like I I love and th- it's the, like,
3: the thing. I think Andy's a fun, fun, fun guy. I don't fun. think he trolls that much. I don't think I, he's petty. I don't I don't, I really don't think, think so is. either. I think Which I think why something when it comes happened out pissed him off though, for those, I agree. He's yeah. not petty. He's not like, Mahomes is like, you know, like he is. And that's fine. I love it. It's great. It's perfect. Andy isn't. And so the fact that he brought those out, that is pretty good.
2: Yeah. I, the other one with Andy, I know that we're going down a big rabbit hole here, but the other one with Andy, do you remember when, uh, let's see, it, it was Jalen Ramsey was just top of his game, running his mouth all the time with the Jaguars. Like this is before that trade to the Rams. The yeah. Chiefs were playing the Jaguars and there's a besi- behind the scenes video of Andy kind of standing on the sidelines and Jalen Ramsey's chirping like towards the Chiefs sideline. And Andy goes, Hey five, watch this. And Tyreek, as soon as he releases off the line, Andy goes, see ya. And turns his back and it's a completion. Like he knew it. <laughs> he knew it. And it's just, it's funny to see that come out yeah, on occasion. And it, it's a, it has to be provoked. Has to be. So, anyway, yeah. Apes of Spades asks Big Red draws up a touchdown play for one of the big boys every year. Which O line or D lineman is going to catch or throw a touchdown pass this year, Maddie?
3: I guess, Jawan Taylor. Like, I'm trying to. I don't have one that's jumping out to me like there's no Colin Saunders like I know Chris Jones wants it but like Chris Jones doesn't make a ton of sense as an offensive piece right he's not quite big it enough happened he's, already right he doesn't really have leverage <laughs> like you know what I mean like he's not an offensive piece so it's like you're looking at an offensive tackle for the most part maybe yeah. whoever's your six tackle by I don't want to see Lucas Niang out in a route um so like uh, you know, maybe Jawan Taylor, maybe he tries to leak out one. I and mean, we saw Andrew Wiley try to re- leak out in the Super Bowl. It's so, like that's that's the, the angle I'm kind of going for here.
2: I, I get it. I I actually like that one quite a bit. I'm trying to think of what defensive lineman would quickly endear himself to Andy Reid. And it didn't take I mean, me uh, long. It's Keandre Coburn. Keandre, Keandre Coburn is... Going. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's lots of guys that are going to endear themselves to Andy, but... Coburn just seems like that guy that on the sideline is saying to Andy Reed, it's like, Hey coach, you know, I can catch passes, right? Like it feels like there's going to be a little bit of that kind of floating around. And Andy likes getting his big boys, the the ball. I mean, listen, Miss, they've got the, the Colin Saunders playbook. Obviously it's, it's there. Keandre is not necessarily the kind of athlete that, that Colin was, but, Put him out there. Let's let's see what happens. I'm, I'm in. I'm completely in. Still salty about that, by the way. Still salty. Mike Denny again here asks, "What wrinkle on the offense or defense this year would make you the most excited?" On defense, I you know I just got done talking about it. Playing more exotic and match coverages. Playing more things that are going to rotate guys into throwing lanes that maybe the quarterback's not expecting as much. Not having to be as basic with. Some of the young cornerbacks, I understand exactly why they did what they did. But Steve Spagnolo is a wonderful offensive or defensive mind when it comes to approaching coverages and blitz packages. He gets quarterbacks eyes trained in specific spots and learns tendencies for these guys as where they want to go hot where they feel most comfortable, and rotates guys into those positions. He is exceptional at finding those weaknesses, finding those little advantages. And throughout last year, we didn't see it in the same way. So that would be the one that I would get most excited about because as much as I liked what they brought to the defense last year, there's so much room to grow just from a schematic standpoint. So I would be crazy excited if that was the case.
3: Mine's a lot more basic. Um, Get me some contested catches up the sideline on some mm-hmm. go routes, back shoulders, let, guy, let guys go up and fight for the ball. Keep Justin Ross, keep Rasheed Rice, and just let these guys go fight for the ball up the sideline. I think, I think the Chiefs are going to run into an issue where teams try to play them in man-to-man coverage and go one-on-one with a lot of wide receivers because they're not afraid of the speed. And I don't think they have an answer for the lack of speed. What they do have though are two young players in Ross and Rasheed Rice, unproven in the NFL, but two guys who kind of made their, you know, made their way in college by winning at the catch point on the vertical route tree. Give them more chances. Give them some chances that you didn't give some of your shorter wide receivers in years past because I do think the Chiefs need a little bit of a vertical element. They don't have the guy to take it off. I would much rather see 50-50 throws to those two guys than Justin Watson trot out there and run some kind of play-action deep route that works three out of 97 times on the year.
2: All right. This is going to be our last one of the day here. B. Higgs says, rank the AFC contenders in order of how they will be remembered for competing against the Chief's dynasty. I'm gonna start this, Maddie, because do you have, have a,
3: who feel, are the contenders?
2: Oh, well, I feel like, okay, I, that's why I'll start. I'll kind of go through some of them. I, listen, as much as we want to just kind of dismiss the the Tom Brady New England Patriots because it was barely. Parts of this Chiefs dynasty, you kind of gotta, I kind of gotta throw them in, like I do, and uh, scared to no compete. For, scared to compete, yeah, bailed on it quick. Um, I would also, and it's hard. I realize that I'm kind of one a coin flip. And things here, yeah, I. But I kind of lump in those, those Brady bucks as well into that group. I, I know that the correlation okay. there is Brady, but. Because of the way it happened, because it was the playoffs, because of those sorts of games, I'm kind of lumping in the Brady Bucks and Patriots together. They're not the ones that are going to be, you know, kind of the top, but they're in the echelon. These Josh Allen Buffalo Bills are below that team. They they are for me. Now, that's a better football team, in my opinion, even though one of those teams won a Super Bowl. I think the Buffalo Bills are a better football team. But... The way that you remember all those games, you're not going to remember it for, you know, how they competed against the Chiefs. You're going to remember it as, oh, Chiefs came out on top on all those games. Cool. That's, that's fun. It's right now, it's the Bengals. And it's because I, sure, we can call them the Froggles, but it's because not only did they beat the Chiefs in the AFC championship game to go on to a Super Bowl, but they also gave them a hell of a game the next year like a a hell of a game and gave them two losses in the regular season in that stint as well. I don't wait the regular season in the same way, but that's it. Like uh, they're the one team right now that is challenging routinely for the crown amongst the chiefs. And yes, Brady was there. Brady ends up with two rings after beating the chiefs. But to me, because it was two different teams, that's number two as a group. And the Cincinnati Bengals are the one that is the number one team right now struggles. during this quote unquote dynasty to, uh, to really challenge the chiefs.
3: Okay. Um going top three. It seems like um, Chargers number three. And okay. I know that that might be a little bit of a wild card because, you know, can't even win a playoff game, but I'm putting the chargers at three because there's a lot of hype there every year. They always play the chiefs close. They beat them in the regular season. Some, I know they haven't matched up in the playoffs, but the chiefs still play them every single year. I mean, like that that counts. There's a chance that they don't play the Bengals, sorry, Froggles, or the bills or the Patriots or whoever in a single season, they're always going to play the chargers twice. So I will take the chargers at three. I'll do the bills at two. And I think they're, I think they're better than the Bengals than the than the Froggles are, but they haven't beat the Chiefs when it matters. They just simply haven't. And really what separates it, there's seems to be clear respect between the Bills and the Chiefs. They clearly seem to respect each other. There's not that much trash talk. There's a little bit, don't get me wrong. The Bills were yeah. ta- talking trash in the regular season after some wins. There's trash talk, but it seems to be a lot very mild compared to what the Frogles and the Chiefs have. Where it's very much back and forth, the fraud think think their two regular season wins and that one playoff win is matters so much more. Like there's a lot there. There's a lot of heat outside of the actual sixty minutes that they're playing the football game. So I think that has to be one right now. I don't even think there's. I, I mean, a competitor for it. The, the Patriots fell off quick. The mm-hmm. Ravens are lurking there, but like yeah. safe, they haven't played the Chiefs in the playoffs. Right and. So, like, does it really matter? They haven't been that close. So, like, they, the Chiefs kind of have played the same couple teams, and those are who they are. So, the prodigal got to be one for actually getting the win in the AFC Championship game, getting some wins in the regular season, but then also there's trash talk. There's, you know, the they two teams dislike each other. I don't think yeah. the Bills and the Chiefs dislike each other. I really no. don't. I think that everyone's cool. They know they're good teams. It is what it is. So, like, that's got to be two because they're always there. I did the Chargers three instead of the Patriots. I can see the Doug Peterson-led Jacksonville Jaguars, though, mm. coming in hot. I could see the Jags creeping in here in the future.
2: I, I like see future them. casting that. Yeah.
3: I could see them taking over the Chargers role because they're, you know, gonna be in the playoffs and be good. I could see them pushing the Bills. I think this is the Bills last year to be here. I think Josh Allen's great. I think that team, if they lose it again this year with two of the Chiefs oh, yeah. or the Bengals in the playoffs. I don't know how you come back from it. I don't know where you go from there. So like the bills might've already peaked. If they don't win this year, they've peaked. This is their final year. This is the desperation heave. So like they have a chance to fall off. I think there's, there's a route for the Jaguars led by, yeah, that's right. Jaguars. I, yeah. Yell at me, British people (laughs) yell at me. Um, I think there's a chance for them to come up in here and push for the three or two seed and the rival for the Chiefs going forward.
2: Yell at me, <laughs> yell at me, you British people is, is They
3: get so thing. offended by Jaguars, and that's how everybody in the Midwest has ever said that word. Anybody from anywhere in the Midwest has said it, Jaguars, and they want to say Jaguars.
2: <laughs> I'll throw the Dolphins in. Uh, I would throw. I would throw the Jets in but I'm not going to throw the jets in because Aaron Rodgers is consumed by the, the way that words are spelled right now. That's going to do it for 21 questions From Maddie lane. I am Craig stout. Hey, Thank you so much for listening. Be kind to each other and we will catch you later.
1: Thank you for listening to KC sports network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review. If you like what you heard.